Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another Shop Talk show. This is Jason from the Shield Bash podcast, and today we are going to be having a conversation with Jason, different Jason than me, and Kevin from the Called Shots Entertainment. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick and tell us about right. Called Shots. Hi, guys. I'm uh, Kevin from Called Shots Entertainment. Uh, I play Izar in Plague Stone and Undry and Alistair in our uh, new show, menaces to society and i also am doing the uh stream show we just started uh two guys one stream and that's with mike our other stream mate or uh, podcast mate and uh we're playing it takes two on ps5 i'm jason i'm the uh forever gm it seems for all of our uh called shop podcasts and aside from doing those we have like our actual plays we've got uh some interview shows that one of our members does. We've got a talk show, and as Kevin mentioned, we got the stream. And we're also looking into doing some, you know, recorded uh, Let's Play video type stuff in the future here as well. Very cool. Sounds like you guys got quite a quite a diverse portfolio of content. Uh, and if you're coming at this from the called shot side, uh, like I mentioned, my name is Jason. I play Tam Westcrown in the. Serpent Skull Adventure Path, uh, done on the Shield Bash podcast. Uh, you can find us all sorts of different places. And I'm also the creative mind behind the Shop Talk Show, uh, and where we go through various meta-level topics. Today's topic is meta gaming, uh, And as per usual, um, this is picked by our guests. Jason, Kevin, which one of you guys picked metagaming, or was it kind of a group decision? Uh, it was it was definitely my uh, my idea to throw out there. Gotcha. So what what really um, interested you in metagaming? Like, what is the 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 big passionate statement you'd want to start off with? Uh, I fucking hate it. Is what <laughs> that's yeah. That's how I feel about metagaming. <laughs> and where I come in is I do it a lot, <laughs> uh, not on purpose, but <laughs> oh. oh. I mean, my opinion is anybody who's gamed for a certain amount of time always metagames some. Like, yeah. it, it, I think it's almost impossible to avoid it entirely at a certain point. Uh, even if it's like, if it's that little thing where it's like, well, I've had the same GM for 10 years and I can tell by the way he's looking at us that this <laughs> solution that we've been trying for 10 minutes is not the right path and we need to try and figure something else out. You know, even that is technically metagaming. Yeah, they're very good at ignoring that face when I make it, though. So, well, after ten years, I see it, and I'm just like, "Well, I'm gonna look away and then do what I was doing." Because don't forget, Jason, you hate metagaming, and he's just trying to be a better player for you. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't think he would laugh at that. <laughs> So, for those of you who are listening, and for some reason, if you're not familiar with what metagaming is, is it is making in-game decisions based on out-of-game knowledge. So, things that you know that your character shouldn't or doesn't, and making choices in-game for it. Now, some people act like having that knowledge or having an out-of-character discussion is metagaming, which it's not. You know, I my characters never know near as much as I do because I've been playing the same system for about 10 years. I'm a GM. I'm a player. I know not just like, you know, skeletons need to be hit with bludgeoning weapons. 
and are immune to cold damage. But I also know, like, this is the way Paizo writes adventures. Some of that stuff is there. Having it is not wrong. Acting on it is the thing. And let's not kid ourselves. Metagaming is considered one of the great sins of RPGs. It's like that and fudging your dice. Mm-hmm. That being said, why do you guys think people metagame? Jay, you want to take this first? Uh, I don't know. It's, there's, I don't know if some people just have like a need to win, or I mean, there are instances where I will say it's not always on purpose. You know, especially in terms of table talk or something like you tell someone one thing at the table and then everyone else around the table reacts to it it's like hey they're the only person there i mean without being able to whisper specifically to one person everyone else is hearing it and they're excited they're trying to get into it and everything and they kind of just you know slip sometimes but then there are other times where they are actively doing it on purpose and uh as the resident expert kevin i'll push that one over to you absolutely (laughs) so I think there's um, there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons why someone who would actively uh, metagame, and and I'll speak from experience on this one. Of a long, long time ago, I was a lot younger in the tabletop role playing game, and uh, I'll speak. Uh, I'll say two specific instances that I that I've done this um, on purpose. The first was we were up against a boss, and I didn't see us strategically being able to beat this boss we we had i believe i believe maybe like four maybe three or four of the party members maybe a full wipe jay you remember the game if you could tpk it was okay so it was a full Full TPK. tpk all right so when we all created characters i wanted to continue the 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 story and i didn't want to wipe again and like i created an investigator that was specifically made to fight that boss and it would have been, and I know that the AP now, um, and it would have been a horrible character for the rest of the game. <laughs> but for that boss, he like destroyed the boss. So I think that first thing is just, in my experience, was just trying to get past that boss to be able to continue the game and continue the story. Um, the second experience I had with it was uh, personal jealousy. And I'm going to explain that because we were in an AP... And it just seemed like my character wasn't doing much. Um, and and speaking of cardinal sin, I think this is even further than the cardinal sin of just metagaming. But I actually looked at the at the next few like rooms to see what was coming up because I felt and yeah 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 that ex- I was Ooh. a young player. I'll tell you right now, like I, and I and I know I have to like explain myself because that follows you your entire career of tabletops. Once you have that scarlet letter. You know, it it keeps with it stays with you. So um, so I we were in the AP, and everyone, specifically one character, was getting all the key items. Jason was the person actually, um, and it made sense for his character. He was not out of character. He he was not metagaming. It was just he was playing his character, but he was the only one with detect magic. This was P uh, PF one, so. You couldn't just find things magical. He was the only one that can tell if something was magical. He was getting all the items. Other people's characters were doing these fantastic things. And I think I was a ranger at the time. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to hit things with my bow or my greatsword. And that was all I was there for. Uh, So I looked up and I saw that there was this special trap. When you trigger it, if you die, you come back as an Aslanti. 
and all of your stats get a plus two, and then you're like ingrained in the story. And okay. I, I needed it. What what JP is this? This was Shattered Star. I cool. must not have gotten to that book yet. I'm still only in book one. Oh shit! That Spoiler alert! I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, I'm running it, so it's not that oh, big okay. of a deal. But oh. yeah, there's a there's a coffin, and if you touch it, it uh, it's oh, no, a no, death. okay. Some of my some of my players listen. Oof! Let's be careful. There yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Nick Hanstadt, you you don't put a, put a spoiler warning before it. I Ed, apologize. Edit in a spoiler warning. Right? Yeah, yeah, right before. Yeah. Like, there is a key uh, trap that if you trigger it, you then become a part of the story. Where if other NPCs see you, you're like things happen. I'll say, and I I kind of just wanted it. I wanted to be special. So it was it was jealousy of all the other characters being special, and I didn't feel special. And uh, instead of just playing my character, which is what I should have done, I went to be special, and it completely ruined my entire career after that. Because now I'm the I'm the meta gamer. Oh, Kevin, you're not the meta gamer. You are Metamius Gamius. Yeah, the, the mysteriously uh, before un- <laughs> unbeknownst Aeth Rune Lord. Aeth Rune Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah you're you're the one who uh, gets into the divination magic that all the others hated because you. Did that by being so good at divination magic, you just read ahead in the adventure path. Yeah, I, I won't. Yeah, I, I won't call shame because I'm sure you've gotten enough shade thrown at you from your own group on that. But every second, yeah, that that's that's rough. Okay, so I, I would agree that you know some people can't stand to lose uh, an RPG. That that is uh, something I've seen. Luckily, none of the people I play with now really have that, mostly because, you know, they're the sort of players you kind of say, hey, I don't think this is really the sort of table that you're looking for. But, man, reading ahead, like, people joke about it, but that one, I I don't know what to say to that, man. (laughs) I I left them speechless, Jay. I I will say that um, it's the biggest regret of anything I've ever done when it comes to table topping. Like now I feel like I respect table talking more, like table talk RPGs more that I I would I would go back and kick myself in the nuts and tell me that I'm an <laughs> asshole and then tell me to stop. Uh, it's yeah. just it's not worth it. If I um if I knew what I knew now, like the story is more important than winning in the game. So if I if I actually cared about my characters back then cuz I I didn't um, I wanted to win, like you said. I wanted to be special, but I didn't make my character special. Um, I would, I wouldn't have done it. I would have never done it. Yeah, I can't say too much. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever watched any like how to GM videos on YouTube or anything, but I, I've watched most of the stuff Matt Colville's put out, and he's like, these are some of the things not to do. And I'm like, I have done all of those things when I started <laughs> GMing. So, I again, if I knew what then, what I knew now, so you know what, fair enough. I will throw out another another reason why people um, metagame. Sometimes they just forget. Like, it's an accident. I know there are times for me where it's like, okay, I'm playing, I got my podcast, and I got two groups I play in, slash, you know, alternate running for. Sometimes I just forget, like, what one character knows versus another, especially when it comes to, like, monster abilities and stats. I just don't always remember what's going on. Or what, you know, if you guys have played Shattered Star, you know Shattered Star leads into Return of the Rune Lords, which borrows some from Crimson Throne and Rise and all these little bits. Sometimes I forget what my characters should or shouldn't know 
because of what has or has not happened. And I know one of the guys in my group, some like he just he wants to be involved in everything, and he doesn't always pay attention to what's happening. So like he'll be doing something, and I'll move to another couple players, and they'll be doing something. And it's like, oh, I can do that, and he'll just all of a sudden be rolling for it. And it's like you don't know what's happening over here. <laughs> do you guys ever run into anything like that? Oh, all the time. I'm uh, I'm guilty of that. I have a short attention span, and uh, I'll hear something. And I'll be like, wait a minute, I know, I know about that. I, I try not to jump in, but it doesn't work all the time. You with some of the uh, around the table not paying attention. It's not even always just a metagaming thing. It's just sometimes they're just not paying any attention. And then they don't know what's going on. It's almost like reverse metagaming. The stuff they should know, they don't know because they're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we just dealt with that with our one of our last sessions. Yeah, yeah, we won't uh, we won't go fully into it, but um, someone specifically told us how to beat a boss, and then nobody knew how to beat this boss out of game, so we were just like winging it. Yeah, and that's the time when I imagine Jason is just like looking at you guys, like seriously, like this is information I specifically gave you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Angry GM. Yeah. For me, it's not even uh, mostly. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> he um he's disappointed a lot. I'll tell you that. Uh, we do make. Uh, oh, we I was talking about do. me actually. No, I, but it's, it's the same for him. He says the same exact thing. He's like, I'm just disappointed, you know. Um, and you, know, I, I try, you know, I try, but like being the one who has that scarlet letter of metagaming, a lot of the times I'm afraid to make those leaps. Because I'm afraid that I automatically I'm going to be called out for metagaming. And I think that's that's an interesting topic on its own is sometimes your own brain gets in your way of making good decisions because you're afraid of that that metagamer tag. This is fantastic. Let's let's talk more about that. What do you think, you and for both of you, dynamics at your table, what do you think you can do to avoid that? Like if you have that, as opposed to just, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to let it go and not say anything. What else do you think you could do? Well, I personally do it and then get made fun of, and I'm okay with that. Uh, it's it's frustrating sometimes. There's a lot of times where, uh, you know, I'll make a decision, and, and if it comes from Jay, I usually back off and go, you know, yeah, he's he's saying it's metagaming. I'll change what I do. But if, a, if another player is like, well, wait a metagame, bro, or, oh, look, we got Matamius at the table again, it gets frustrating for me because, like, I don't want to say it's not their call if it's metagaming or not, but, like, they don't know what's going on in my head. And then I have a hard time with words explaining how I got to that, how I jumped to that conclusion. Whereas in my head, I'm like, okay, my character knows this, so it's obvious that B is, is logically correct. But when I try to explain it, because I'm the metagamer, it's automatically just like, yeah, that's like a weak connection. You're just metagaming. Um, so like, I just do it and let it happen. And then if it's ne if it needs to be changed, I change it. And if not, I just I just roll with it. Um, for other people, I think a, a good way to avoid it is um, maybe like if you're recording, like stop and have a discussion about it. Or if you're just having fun, uh, GM rule zero. The GM is like, okay, that that's metagaming. Kevin, your character wouldn't know that, or whoever your character wouldn't know that. And you just move on with it. Yeah, no, I mean, that is what my initial thought was. You know, just just ask the dungeon master. Be like, hey, 
does this seem metagaming to you? Uh, and then, you know, try to explain the reason why your character would know it. Um, other Jason, any, any input? Uh, in the few times that I do get to play, I'd say out of probably even combined the rest of the players around the various tables that I'm around, not even just our podcast, even our, you know, social game and all that. Um, I'd say I know more about the lore of Galarian and the Pathfinder world than anybody else or everybody else even. So there's stuff that I know, like, that would fall into, like, a knowledge religion or uh, knowledge local or something like that if we're talking, like, PF1 or uh, society or religion in PF2. Um, If it's something that I am aware of, what I'll do first is I'll check my character sheet to see my knowledges or that. It's like, do I even have this? Like, I don't have it. Then I don't know it. I'm not. I'm just gonna cut myself off right there. Yeah. If I do have it, I'm like, I'll either you know give myself some sort of like percentile roll, or I'll send a text to whoever's running the game and be like, Hey, I know this stuff, uh, but you know I don't know if my character would. Can you give me some sort of check to make just to see if my character might know this? And then if they agree, then I'll roll it and you know go uh, follow what the dice show. I agree. Like, uh, you know, if your character spent their whole life up in the realm of the Mammoth Lords and all of a sudden they meet a Red Mantis assassin and you got to know who their deity is, and it's like, well, you know it's Akachak, but does your, you know, do you, does your character know it's Akachak? Like, they've never, probably never even encountered a, a Red Mantis. You not even know that the, uh, that the organization exists. Yeah. But do you guys have any other, like, any other thoughts on like why people met a game or no? Okay. Um, (laughs) let's, um, let's talk about, you know, how it happens. Let's let's talk about like, we've heard some examples given, but like, what are other ways people, people can met a game? Able talk. Expound. So if, you know, there's people sitting around a table, and you know, someone is you know not not remembering something that some ability or something they have that would be super helpful right now, or they're focused on a while you know this other person's a one uh, one check away from you know total death over here. They could heal them, but they're focused on something else, and someone's like, "Get me healed right now," even though you know they're they're dead. Or unconscious on the ground, you know, something like that, like a table talk thing, or telling someone else what they should be doing or could be doing to uh, be the best uh, tactical thing in that situation instead of letting them just decide what they want to do or figure it out themselves even. Do you draw the line, like, as complicated as these systems are sometimes, you know, you got to remind people of powers or abilities do you draw a line at that as well, or is that is that considered okay? Or I usually don't have to. The people around the table, a lot of my players will uh, basically police each other with that one a lot of times. But um, as we said with our, uh, Kevin mentioned our spoilerific uh, last thing that happened before that one. I actually before the recording, I'm like, okay, everyone. Not you know I don't want to be like the first podcast to end right before everyone dies. So everyone right now take a look 
and take stock of everything your character has before we start this recording. Otherwise, you are all going to die and this is going to be over. Yeah. That's the furthest I've ever gone with that. And it was like, because I just got to the point where, you know, the I'm not angry, but I'm disappointed. But no, I'm actually angry. So pay attention and, and let's let's take care of this. I mean, I personally, all the podcasts I listen to, none of them have ended with a TPK. I would almost be proud to bear that badge of honor of saying, hey, we've we talked had a, about it. a TPK. <laughs> we've definitely talked us. about it. <laughs> with, uh, with this specific uh, session that we just did, Jay and I were talking, and I'm like, hey, if it happens, because we knew the dire situation we were in. Like, and, I, and we were talking about it, I was like, hey, man, if it happens... It's, it's just, we should end it there, not bring in a new party or anything, just end it there and be the first podcast ever and just, just own that flag. Be the, be the first podcast ever, just, hey guys, we're not doing this AP anymore because we all died because our party was so stupid. And that's how I felt. We had, we had <laughs> all the things we needed to win this fight and all of the players, I, I'll say besides me, I think I kind of tried to remember and, and I think I had a good handle on, on how we had to beat this boss. And uh, they just, nobody else was thinking of it. Nobody else had it in their mind of how to beat this boss. So I was like, oh, we should, we should shame the party if they die by ending it right here. Not, not restart the whole adventure path from book one. Just (laughs) (laughs) listeners, Jason, the other Jason's just like, oh God, no, please God, no. I, I don't think, I don't think we would survive like out of game if we started from book one again. No, uh, Jay, Jay would probably kill all of us. I, I have tried to run Rise of the Rune Lords. This is my third attempt at doing it, and between each attempt, there has been literally years because I'm just like I can't, I can't do it again yet. I we just I just did this. I shouldn't have to do it again. Skull and Shackles is actually one of the only uh, APs I've ever finished, running from start to finish. To get some under my belt, I uh. Shield Bash is going on its third year. We're still in book one of Serpent's Skull because it's just this massive sandbox. And uh, we're just uh, determined to hit every little grain of sand. So <laughs> we'll, we'll finish it someday. Okay, so Table Talk is a, is a great example of this. That whole out-of-character discussion about what to do in character. Kevin, can you think of any examples of metagaming beyond that? Uh, well, to, to go on to the table talk uh, discussion, it, I don't even think it's a tactics thing. Um, for us specifically, when we're we're recording, we're trying to tell a story, and we all have characters. And there's times when table talk is not even for battle; it's it's role play. We had um, in in our plague stone, we had a character who was pretty much brand new to tabletop tabletop RPGs, and um, one of our characters her character was taking advantage of her character and she was like okay yeah sure and like we're like your character wouldn't give her that you don't know her we've known their characters known each other for like a day at that point and that's table talk it's it was her it was us trying to influence what she did in character instead of just letting it happen um so from then that's when that policing that jay was talking about kind of started because that was a a big moment that we changed the table. We changed what happened at the table. Um, so we actually like, I personally try to pretend that I'm not in scenes that I'm not in. So if my character's not there, I, I kind of listen, 
you know, just for, for my own story stay, sake, but I, I pretend that my character's not there and I try to push that information out of my head. Um, to go back to the, the extra, I really can't think of anything else uh, metagaming-wise. It's not only, you said before that it's your personal person, you're out of character knowing something and bringing it into the game, but I also think it's the other way around. Like, if you know something about an AP and you're trying to make a character, which goes back to my situation, uh, my experience, that's also metagaming. When you are when you know something about an AP and you build a character, or you do something because you know something's coming up. Um, but it's all... That's all metagaming. That's fair. But let's... I know th- this may rub some people the wrong way, but let's challenge the assumption that metagaming is always a bad thing. Because specifically with that example of the new player, do you think they would have been upset if you guys hadn't intervened and then found out later, like, wait, this person was, like, legit doing some shitty stuff? Do you think that would have made the game less fun for them in the end? Or, like, they would have been, like, how could you guys not have told me what was going on or how important that item was or something? It sounds like you guys were legitimately trying to help. Jay, you want you want to take this one or you want me to? I'm formulating a thought if you've got something off the top of your head. I mean, I, I can talk on it a was, little bit. I was running the game, so, I mean, it's, you guys were the ones actively taking part in that, yeah. so... That uh, specific example, she was new, and it was more so, it was almost like we were shouting at a movie screen. You know, we were like, oh, that's a horrible decision, and we weren't actually talking to her to, like, convince her not to do that, but that's how it was It was taken. Uh, it was it was more our responses. It was um it was a magic it was a box that had items in it. Um, I believe it had a necklace and uh, one of our players, her character wanted the necklace, so she's like, oh, like yeah, that's give me that. I'll 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 hold on to it. And we were like, you should not give that to your to to her. You should not do that. Don't do that. And she, I don't think she was going to give it to her. And then decided not to because of what we said. Now, in this example, like I feel like the answer to your question is no. Like if she, if we didn't say anything and she gave it to her, I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think she would have minded. She wouldn't have been upset or been thrown off of the the uh, the game. Uh, but in a in a serious situation, if she was in battle and, and you know we mentioned uh, a spell and it helped her be more efficient in battle, and then the reverse of us not telling her, she might have been a little thrown off of the game because she didn't. We didn't help her, so to speak. But this was just a roleplay thing. Um, so I feel like it might have been it might have been bad if it was in combat and something a little bit more serious than just, eh, she sh- you shouldn't have given her that ne- necklace. Gotcha. Jason, have you formulated your thoughts? I don't know. I definitely think that she was going to hand over the item until you guys said something. And then, not only did she not hand it over after that, she got all defensive in character against the other character, where up to that point, they were just, you know, two people exploring uh, the ruins of something with each other and, you know, basically just chilling out. So I do think it had an actual in-character and in-game effect on it. Whether or not that changed her enjoyment of it, though, I don't know. I think it did 
alter the direction of the story. Gotcha. Well, it sounds like, from my question, like I, I picked up a, a misunderstanding of the situation. It sounded a little more serious when you first described it to me. I assumed that anyway. You know what happens when you assumed, yada, yada. But um, helping out a new player can easily be construed as metagaming. Especially, I mean, if you guys have been playing PF1E, you know it's a complicated system. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had personal experience with a player who came in. We were doing Hell's Rebels. They came in first time ever playing any RP- TTRPG, 10th level Alchemist, flew off the handle just fine. Like, hit the ground running and took off like Usain Bolt. Fantastic job, right? Most people don't have that, especially not at the higher levels. What is your guys' opinion on things like the quote-unquote metagaming, the table talk of helping a char- helping a new player build a character slash play a character well i told them if they had any questions they could ask me you know before while before they're like while they're looking at their character stuff i'm like i you know here's this link to this website here's this 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 says anything if you've got any questions about anything let me know i'll explain whatever you need and i said if you have any questions while we're playing you know you can ask me while we're playing i can easily just cut that section out in editing I mean, a lot of times there were whispered questions to like other people instead, but but I mean, it also it was whispered that was uh, out of things while like other people were actively doing something, so it wasn't like a, a game changing thing, so to speak. It was like, hey, uh, whisper, whisper, how does this spell work? You know, stuff like that. You know, it's that's something that's like a rules question thing. But like I said, like a lot of the stuff was I'd said beforehand, like. Let me know if you need something. I'm more than happy to give the information to me. But I think if it's like a rules question, like it's like an actual rules question, I don't necessarily consider that uh, a metagame thing because you're just trying to figure out how something works per se, not, you know, how to, is this the right option for me to use? It's not like, hey, should I cast Magic Missile here or, you know, Acid Splash? It's, what is Magic Missile, and how exactly does that work? I think are two totally different questions. I agree. I agree. But part of it, too, is not just the rules questions. It's like the, the aforementioned uh, guy who came in playing an alchemist. He was joining a group of people that had been playing together for... See, that specific group had been together for three years? Like, with that combination of people? You know, at a certain point, you, you develop a group ni- dynamic on how you handle problems. So he may be asking questions of like, okay, do we like do we like these people? Am I aggressive towards them? Should I be nice? Should I just start off with a bomb? More tangential questions, more not tangential. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Transcendental questions. I think that's something that can be handled in character, and if it's handled in character, I'm one thousand percent okay with it. Fair enough. Kevin, um, agree? I- disagree? I agree with uh, I agree with that. Um, also, with the the statement that Jay made, I think there's uh, like a leeway of uh, a time period where a new player should be able to ask not only rules questions that should always be allowed, but like character questions, like should I do this? Is this a better a better uh, plan? Is this a better move? Um, uh, the specific character in in Plague Stone, she never played, and she was the one that did most of our healing so there was a lot of 
like, oh, hey, um, you know, like, you can attack right now, but, like, half your party's down, and you can do, like, a burst heal, and it'll, like, help out the party as a whole. That's something you should be able to say for, for a while until a player gets, you know, their legs under them. Um, at a certain point, we have, we have characters, we have players who still, after years of playing the game, forget stuff on, on their character sheets or forget how things work. And I usually go with the, the principle or the ideals of if they ask me a question, I'll answer just as much information as I can without telling them what to do. And then at a certain point, I just let them make their own mistakes and learn from their own failures. And that's, that's someone who's been playing for years, or those are people who have been playing for years, because it's like, I'll give you my opinion, but I'm not going to go too far into it and tell you what to do. That's where I, and I, I find myself agreeing with that statement. This game was based off of a, you know, simulated tactical role plays and stuff. Combat is a big part of a lot of these systems, so knowing how to do it well, especially at high levels and or with small groups, can mean the difference between a TPK and not. Everybody walking away, or everybody rolling up new characters. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, listeners, we say it all the time. Every group is different. You know, I, I've seen some players that sit down, and their group just just enjoys finding the most optimal thing to do in a combat round, and they will sit there and hash it out together to figure out what the most optimal thing to do in that round is, and that's just what the, what they enjoy more power to them that being said have you guys ever run into the the metagaming coming from the other side of the screen from the gm side and jason i'm not saying that you're doing this but you've played have you ever run into it where as a player you've seen the dm or gm metagaming absolutely for example yeah there's you know we've had we've done decently well in some sort of combats then you know we're in the middle of a desert and we're set upon by bad guys that somehow in a wide open desert with no hills or anything they start five feet in front of us with all their weapons drawn already and we had no idea they were there <laughs> yeah it's, how's that happen it's, it's crazy <laughs> it's just when we make a joke about the one, uh, we call them sniper boulders. Uh, there's one thing we were playing, uh, we're behind these super tall walls and somehow we're getting hit by boulders that are being arced over the wall and then stopping midair and just dropping straight down on our heads, because don't know how they are hitting, but they were, yeah. They've attached secondary uh, projectile explosives to them so it's like they just stop and then get pushed in a new direction. I've seen the military talk about this sort of technology before. They usually use it for something very small, like a bullet, not like, you know, a, a six-foot-across boulder, <laughs> but, you know, whether. wizards. What about you, Kevin? Have you ever run into examples? Like, do you have any examples of um, GM's metagaming? And if you need to, we can have Jason take his headphones off. No, 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 we're good with that. Um, well, Jay and I actually <laughs> talked about this before, um, probably recently because of this. Um, the A lot of the times it's really hard uh, to see it as the GM metagaming. Because the GM is a metagame. Jay, you've, you've brought this up before. The yeah. G- GMs can do anything they want in the story. They can change it. If you want to have an octopus with eight attacks in a round, grabbing people and doing whatever it wants to do, like 
you can do that if you want to have like a dinosaur with laser beams you're the gm you make the story that's what your job is to do so it's really hard for a gm to metagame in that aspect but i think gms can do it in a in a different way um we had jay and i played in a game the gm targeted him specifically because they didn't like him uh breaking rules uh for a bull rush it has to be in a straight line this guy went around corners jay was behind a wall and the guy bull rushed jay's character from behind a wall um just tactics if you're if you know that the barbarian can is the only one that can get through dr so you target the barbarian with everything that's that's that might be seen as tactics from a from a monster's perspective like oh go for the big beefy one and then kill all the the small ones from a from another perspective it could be seen as metagaming where it's like okay i know that that's the only person who can get through dr i have to take that person out and i feel like that would just take the fun out of it and i feel like that's what metagaming does is just takes the fun out of yeah. the game um you, so you I always mean, gotta that's... ask like does the enemy have a reason to know that yeah. the barbarian is the only one who could get past dr so in some situations, I think the GM is is metagame proof because he makes the meta, he makes the game. But there are specific instances where I would look at a GM and say like, "Hey, you you wouldn't that monster wouldn't know that," and that's where that that metagaming comes in. It sounds like you guys. I don't know how many other GMs you've had besides Jason here, but it it sounds like you've been very blessed with them because I've run into some GMs who. Definitely would make you question the the meta proof thing. I've had GMs who like like we've encountered enemies, and then they just like mysteriously, spontaneously change how those enemies work mm-hmm. because it wasn't good enough. And it's like, well, that that because it wasn't good enough for this group, you know. And it's like, okay, that's definitely meta gaming, or ones where you know they've heard our plans for like assaulting the keep, and then all of a sudden, all of our plans meet the perfect foil <laughs> and it's like well i bet you if he hadn't been in the room listening to us make the plan these foils wouldn't all be here to perfectly block us definitely run into some gms who just straight up cheat yeah, yeah that's a, the gm versus players attitude and it's horrible yeah like uh i've i've been lucky enough um, I've had a few GMs besides Jason, but a majority of the games that I've played have been GM'd by Jason. And I would say, trying to get a hero point for next session, but Jason's the best GM that I've ever had. Uh, but even the ones that I've played with other than that, like it's been very minimal. I haven't really noticed anything. Yeah, I see. Uh, uh, I, I just, I don't think, like Jay said, the player versus GM mentality, the GM versus player mentality, like he, he's trying to tell a story and if he makes it his goal to just kill the team, he's missing the point of being a GM at that point. I mean, yeah. he should try, but he shouldn't go out of his way and break the rules to succeed. Yeah, I agree. It's the it's the this isn't the GM's story. It's not the player's story. It's everybody's story. Okay. Well, this is one of those conversations where it's kind of understood that this is uh, kind of a just straight up bad thing. You know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about XP versus milestone leveling and me and the guy I had a conversation with, we were both like, Hey, milestone leveling. It's great. Mm-hmm. Which I switched to that a long time ago. Yeah. A lot of people do, you know, especially if they started with experience based leveling, but you can hear that conversation on uh, the previous episode. 
This is another one of those ones, though, where we're all kind of in agreement. Metagaming bad, yo. Don't do it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on metagaming? Uh, ways to avoid it? Reasons why you shouldn't that you know we haven't quite hit yet? Bits you want to highlight and be like, this is really important. Tell me, tell me why you you know really freaking hate it. Uh, I'd say I, I I think I've made it pretty clear why I absolutely hate it. What I would like to be a bit more of that's meta-ish, I guess, would be like something like I do myself, where people use the skills they have on their page because or try to use them because they also know something about the world. Like, if someone else knows stuff about the world and I don't have to be the one telling the story, that would be so awesome. If someone, like, at the table is like, oh, well, I know about Phrasma, and they can just go into this whole long thing describing Phrasma and everything else to someone in a conversation, that would be amazing. Because that way, it, it happens organically. It's not... The GM saying, well, Phrasma is the goddess of life, death, rebirth, and fate. You know, it's... I, hearing that from around the table and the characters in an organic conversation would be so much more meaningful, I think. And I don't think that is uh, necessarily a metagame thing at that point. Yeah, because it would be because obviously you know it, but if there's a reason your character knows it, fucking use it. I would love that. I agree. It's like um, when you have info to give to a character and you write it down, give it to the character, and then like they get to explain it in their own words. It comes across much more, um, you know, fluidly and much less like a, a boring info dump that your players tune out when it comes from one of the other players. Uh, Kevin, any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I think the big important thing to remember is that everyone's gathering around the table to have fun. So if you if you're doing this the the metagaming in any aspect the table talking in any aspect and you're doing it purposely you're stealing the fun from the other people because it's a story and you're ruining the story it would be the same as you know going in and and shouting the ending to a movie when people didn't see the movie it's it's just taking the fun away from that um, and there's like we said in this in this conversation there are reasons to metagame and there's reasons that you shouldn't metagame. And I just feel like if you're invested in your character, if you're invested in the story, if you're invested in the lore and the production of the game, metagaming will take away that experience from you. And like I said before, if I if I had the same passion I do now that I did before, I wouldn't have metagamed. So just avoid all that pain and regret and people making fun of you and just don't metagame. That's my closing statement. Don't metagame. <laughs> don't do it. Well, as much as I would love to have a witty and, uh, you know, expose about metagaming and everything, I, I think it's all been said. You guys covered it pretty well. And if you ever run into issues with it, don't be afraid to, once again, talk to your table. Because, again, that's another thing we get to bring up every session. Talk to your table about issues. Whether you think one other player is metagaming way too much and it makes the game less fun for you, talk to that person. If you think you're doing it, Bring it up to your players, to make, uh, the other players, to make sure that they're okay with it. And other than that, like we keep saying, you're here to have fun. So find a way to have fun. And we will see you next time on another Shop Talk show. Bye. See ya. Later.
Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at Shield Bash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shield Bash. Music by Lee Rosevere. Serpent Skull and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com.